Hello, Jax. I said there were ghosts, but that's not fair. Why him? I'm not a ghost. But you're dead. You died 20 years ago, Pete. It's Pete from a different universe. There are parallel worlds, Jackie. Every single decision we make creates a parallel existence, a different dimension where... Oh, you can shut up. Old. You done. Welcome to Two Guys, a Girl, and the Podcast. Uh, we're going to be talking Doctor Who today. We're actually going to be talking about a two-part episode for David Tennant. It's Army of Ghosts and Doomsday. I am Ken. Jeff. Julia. Before we get into that two-parter season finale of season two, uh, Doctor Who news. Anything going on? They're going to be releasing the Colin Baker's first season in the Blu-ray set. Okay. And the trailer for it was actually really good, and I actually liked it better than Flux. <laughs> okay. The trailer was better than Flux. Yeah. I okay. Think so. uh, I'll have to check that out. I haven't had a chance to look at that yet. Um, not Flux, uh, the Colin Baker trailer. They're also coming out with Tom Baker season also the one with Destiny of the Daleks in it I can't remember what number that one is that 17? I mean yeah 17 season 17 one of these days I may buy those Blu-rays but they have to go on sale or something because they're pretty expensive oh they have if you check Amazon they have specials every once in a while yeah. I mean they have to be for sale for five bucks <laughs> good luck with that maybe you can find it used on eBay I don't know I just um I am a little psyched because there is, I think I've heard this news that there, this is not Doctor Who related, but there's supposed to be a live action Blade Runner TV series being developed with Ridley Scott. Um, oh, that sounds good. It's supposed to take place in 20, 2099, so it's a, a time jump since the, the next, that, that, the, 20, the Blade Runner 2049 movie. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, did you finish Black Lotus? No, I didn't. I have a couple more episodes left. Oh, it was so good. Yeah. Um, sp speaking of Blade Runner, um, Douglas Trumbull, who's a special effects guy mm -hmm. that was in, that did stuff for Close Encounters and 2001 Space Odyssey and so many great effects passed away this week. Um, I had met him a couple of times. I went to his studio. He he works out of the Berkshires. So uh, me and a couple of people went up and went to his studio, and it was pretty amazing. He um, was working on a, a technique of 60 frames per second, you know, how yeah. we're at 24 frames. He was pushing, like, higher than that, and... Um, he had a studio set up, a, a huge green screen studio with a theater, and he had the, we, we put on these glasses, and I don't know if they had glasses, maybe they did, but they weren't, you know, it was pretty neat, it was, it was pretty good stuff, but um, he was a special effects expert and a good guy. Uh, yeah, he just passed this week, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Monday. Some other... Uh, science fiction guy passed away later this or later the week, or was it? Thinking was I think of the same one? Mm, I don't know. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, oh, um, if anyone follows this podcast, I, I, I still am watching a lot of horror movies. I'm watching my Valentine horror movies now <laughs> because it's Valentine's Day. But I watched a movie called Dread. Um, very low budget, but um, I didn't even recognize the actress. But after the movie was over, I, I noticed the name, and I'm like, oh, wow, it's Laura Donnelly from ne The Nevers. And she had a part in it, and I didn't recognize her. She had a lot of makeup on. That was part of the reason. But um, So it was like, kind of, oh, that's kind of neat. I didn't recognize her at first. I spent half of the time <clears throat> watching shows with IMDb open. <laughs> so oh, yeah. I can see. Who is that? Wait, pause. Uh, oh, yeah. What are you watching now? Um, what am I watching? I started watching The Responder with Martin Freeman. It's a cop show. I'm only one episode in, and it's kind of bleak, so I'm taking it slow. <laughs> but he plays a you know, cop having an existential crisis, hmm. like they do so often in British cop shows. And he's from the North, so it's very weird hearing Martin Freeman talk <laughs> like he's from the North. I mean, he's not doing a bad job at it, as far as I can tell. That's like, I don't know, you know, but he definitely doesn't sound like Martin Freeman in Sherlock or... Love Actually, or whatever. Yeah. You mentioned Martin Freeman. I know there's been a few rumors going around. Russell T. Davis is coming back to Doctor Who. Uh, one rumor is David Tennant's coming back. I've heard that rumor. And I know we, I think we've talked about this even before they mentioned that, that that would be a possibility. But for me, it feels like that's like, oh, we're trying to fix the problem. So let's go back to when the show was could better. Just, I, I started thinking about that. But could it just be like he's doing something for like the 60th or the past doctor and David Tennant might not be the next doctor but he's like getting a like they did for the 50th yeah but they're doing a season but they're doing a season with linking stories where you have one with the 10th doctor and you have one with the well, won't be Eccleston's doctor but one with Matt Smith and one with Peter Capaldi and maybe he gets a uh, Paul McGann to do one and they and it all accumulates and they all join together at the end or something. Well, that's a possibility. What I had read was that David Tennant's coming back as the doctor, but not as his doctor. He would be playing a different doctor, and I'm like, I don't know. I don't think that would work. Well, I, I think that would be almost desperate on the BBC's part to try to... Here we are. I think Russell T. Davis hired back, was it Phil Collinson? Or one of the yes. producers? So... Um, it's almost like they're trying to recreate how when the show was popular and bring all those elements back. Are they going to bring Rose back? I mean, it's just... No. I heard uh, Catherine Tate was coming back. Okay, well, that, that's... I don't know if that's good. You're going backwards. And and I don't but know if that's a good thing. This is just speculation. Yeah, I know. 60th, so we don't know if it's even... I mean, he could be doing... I mean, we'll find out. I mean... But I heard that the regeneration was open-ended where they just see her... Um, and that's it. Yeah. Kind of like at the end of the War Games, where you don't know because they thought the show was going to get canceled at the end of the last Troughton story, and then yeah. the TARDIS lands and Pertwee comes falling out. <laughs> they could. My friends said, "What? Well, they they got to announce the next Doctor?" I'm like, "No, they don't. They didn't do that for Troughton and Pertwee. They were yeah. they waited." Mm -hmm. That would be the best kept secret in show business. Something always gets leaked from the Doctor Who sets. Mm. I mean, they've got to start. They, they have to have started filming by now. They could have, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's for the next Doctor, though. I mean, I, I know they're doing the 60th anniversary story, but I think, mm -hmm. they're, I think they're doing a nostalgia thing for is, the 60th. 
Is Russell T. Davies doing the 60th? Oh. Thank God for that. I have a, a theory about that. I just thought of it. Wouldn't it be great if they regenerate Jodie Whittaker and we don't see who she regenerates into? And then the 60th anniversary special, we see the past doctors show up and a cast of guest cast. And one of those guest casts is the doctor, but we don't know who it is. That'd actually be pretty clever. Yeah. But if the secret comes out before that, then everyone would know. Yeah. But how would they keep that a secret? Now, they kept Clara's secret in that episode when she, she was supposed to be later on in the season and she showed up in the first episode of they Asylum. They Thomas' secret, too, in the 50th. Who? Tom Baker. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's true. I think it's easier to keep it a secret if you're filming indoors. And Tom Baker's scenes were all shot indoors. Right. You know, but so much of Doctor Who is shot outside, and how do you keep the public away? Well, in, those, in Clara's situation, I was inside, too, um, um, Jenna Coleman's, for that episode. But also, they weren't in it that much. Tom Baker showed up and left. It wasn't like you're filming a whole season or something, yeah. and right. it's like eventually... And the actor, you know, actor or actress eventually says something on Twitter and everyone freaks out. Anyways, um, let's get back to... So, Army of Ghosts and Doomsday is a two-part that ends the second season, which is one of my favorite seasons, by the way. Apart from the fact that it had some horrible episodes in it. Mm-hmm. Um, at least. Love and Monsters and Fear Her. Mm. Those are kind of clunkers. Yeah. And I didn't like New Earth either, but... I thought New Earth was all right. I mean... No. So anyways... <laughs> for what it was, I mean, it was... Oh. Okay, so... Um, better than Orphan 55. It's better than Orphan 55. <laughs> yeah. Better than Flux. Um, I'm going to get a t-shirt that says that. Good news, it's better than Orphan 55. <laughs> we should. We should get t-shirts. <clears throat> Graham Harper directs, Russell T. Davis writes... And it's like, oh no, Russell T. Davis is writing this episode. So I, I see a lot of Russell T. Davison type of uh, work, but I also see some good stuff. And uh, it's like, yeah, I, I want this as opposed to what we just had on the show. But anyways, what do guys think of this one? Army, I, let's start with Army of Ghosts. Well, you could talk about both. But. I didn't think it was that bad. I think this was actually one of his better... And just because it wasn't like a reset button or whatever, it was actually, I actually liked this one. Because Rose left for the first time, and then she comes back, and then she leaves, and then she comes back. But I just found Rose annoying in this one, though, more than usual. Really? I didn't Especially when she was talking with her mother, and her mother was like, and they were in the TARDIS, and she's like, you've changed, blah, 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 blah. And she seems oh, so... Oh, see, I liked that. But she I... seems so stuck up and so like arrogant and I, I I liked that I I actually I forgot my little notebook but I wrote down about that because ja I I like I love Jackie <laughs> I just I think she's like sort of great kind of comic relief but not like super comicy and she can be she can have some like poignant things to say and when she was talking about how she's changed and how she's not going to be the same rose I, I thought, well, but isn't that the whole point of growing up? And I'm not the same person I was at 21 or or 31, you know? And 
people change and and yeah her change is more dramatic but you know if she's walking in a market this was her Jackie's point you know she's going to be in some market on some other planet and she's not going to be the same person 50 years from now well of course she's not yeah I, I I found all the annoying characters from the series to not be annoying at all in this I didn't find Billy Piper annoying at all in this at all I, I there were episodes that were just so bad with her like um, Boomtown, but this was, I, I didn't find it, I didn't, she didn't annoy me at all. No, she didn't annoy me either. I, I, I thought her, her arrogance, as you put it, I thought it was appropriate. She's been with the doctor for a long time. She's learned a lot of stuff. She knows how to operate the parts of the TARDIS, at least, and do things and take care of things, and I don't know, I didn't find her... Mm. Annoying. I mean, I've always liked Rose, I think, more than, than you guys have. Mm. I mean, she's definitely got her moments, but I can see, I can sort of see where she's coming from as a, you know, low-income 19-year-old girl with no future suddenly gets snatched up by the doctor. Well, I, I think in the past when she's arrogant, she has a smile, she's smiling and laughing and going, ha, ha, ha. And that annoyed me, but in this one, it was all serious. She was really serious, even when she was, like, kind of threatening the, the Daleks and say, I know more than you know. I like that because she wasn't like, hey, acting just like the doctor and flipping around and stuff, because that would have been horrible. She was scared, and she was like, well, you know, wait a minute, you, can't, you don't have to kill us because I know who you are, and blah, blah, blah. So I think she, what, logically, I think it was a good development of her character watching it though i was like oh boy she comes back though yeah you know it's kind of like this was an ending and they they found a way to end it and we're skipping a little bit but they wanted we have to get rid of billy piper so how do we do that well she's not going to voluntarily leave like a lot of companions do so you either kill her off or something happens where and this is russell and and ready. too because she's the opening pre-credit scene she says this is a story of how i die yeah, and I was just like, a, I didn't like that. That was a cheat. That was a cheat, but it's more or less, oh, I died inside because he's gone. Well, no, no, she died on Earth. Yeah, her officially she's Cameron. dead. Yeah, uh, yeah, officially she's dead. But you know, this is the story of how I died. But no one like, cares because everyone she knows pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. That's, that's. And then later on, she gets her own copy version of the clone Doctor. Oh no, yeah, okay. That was that. I yeah, we'll open them. Let's not talk about that. Um, and, and, and one of the th messages I got out of this, and Russell T. Davis is always like this, um, the doctor, uh, uh, Christopher Eccleston saying, you humans are amazing. And David Tennant, you humans are amazing. Look what you're doing. You're on the edge of a black hole. You, have a, you're, you guys are just amazing. And then Rose doesn't learn that. She goes, yeah, 19 years of my life, it was just nothing, nothing, nothing at all. It was the worst thing ever. And then I met the doctor, and it was all different. And I get what they're trying to say, but it's a mixed message because it's like, can you not have, like, and Christopher Eccleston was like, you guys are getting married in the, in the episode Father's Day. You guys are amazing. He's he's boosting all these humans up. And there's yeah. And then Rose is like, yeah, my life was nothing. And I get it. I mean, you know, you go to a shop and you work as a shop person, and and then you meet the doctor and everything's changed. And I get what they're trying to say, but it, it was it was a little bit of a like, it's 
And then later on, when they met again, and she goes, yeah, I'm back at the shop again. And then she goes, no, I'm just joking. But it's like, why did he do that? Why did Russell D. Davis put that jab in? It was almost like, I think they originally, that was how they were originally going to end it, where she goes back to her normal life. And it's kind of depressing for her, because here she is saying, my life was nothing. And then they showed them on an alien planet, and that's the first time I think they had been on an alien planet. Remember, I, I was always criticizing the show originally because they they didn't go to alien planets that often. I think I I took it as yeah, you're right. she They're needed all... she needed the doctor to show her how amazing life could be. Yeah, most people don't think of their lives as amazing, you know, and and they don't think of humans as amazing, you know. I mean, sometimes you'll see something, you know that somebody's discovered or somebody's done and you're like wow you know and you think god some people are amazing and most people just lead ordinary lives but the doctor finds that amazing yeah but she doesn't and she wants to be with the doctor and she's a snob well no <laughs> i mean like i don't know i i get it i mean they're trying to make off and she and she says i love you and, and that was something that i i cringed about originally because i didn't like i never did like that that's yeah, it got worse with uh, what's her name. But any, anyways, um, who's actually in this one? Yep, uh, uh, Prima first appearance in Doctor. Oh Boone. yeah, yeah, yeah. She um, plays her cousin. Mm-hmm. Well, Addie. Yeah, who's it? Looks just like. <laughs> yeah, that happens when when just you're like when you're a family member. They they all, you play by the same person. Um. I I liked. I liked how they did, how they had the ghosts appear and like nobody was freaking out because they'd been there for a couple of months now and yeah. Um, yeah. The, that people were projecting their memories onto these ghosts, you know, and that was sort of interesting. You know, Jackie could smell her father's mm. cigar or cigarette smoke and, and I don't know, whatever, what else was she said that she recognized about him. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, and then it turned terrifying when it turned out they were all Cybermen. I always laugh when they show the, uh, the, the weather forecast, but it's a ghost forecast. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was funny. They had the little ghost yeah. things. And, and they had the guy, they had him. Um, the girls had the ghost shirts on. <laughs> and they had the guy, um, it was Alistair Appleton who was playing himself. And at the time that, that this aired originally, he was hosting a show called Cash in the Attic. That I used to watch all the time, and so I went and looked him up to see what happened to him, and and now he's a psychotherapist, mm. <laughs> which was like, that's a that's a that's, that's a, a switch. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's an interesting concept that that I, I like the concept that these aliens we find out later on are Cybermen are trying to break free through this universe, and they they come off as that. I mean, we we kind of knew who they were, what they were. I don't think that was a secret. I think we knew. Jackie had like the best line. Couldn't you just leave it alone? People are happy. You always yeah. have to ruin everything. But part of that, this is kind of a Russell T. Davis thing. Part of that wanting them to be who they are was one of the reasons they were able to break free into it, which I thought was kind of weak. But um, I'll buy it. I mean, uh, you know, if, if the show's good enough, I'll buy. It. I'll buy stupid stuff like that. But. Um, 
So I think that was that was well done. One of the worst moments in Doctor Who history happened in this episode, where the Doctor comes out and starts singing Ghostbusters. So what? Uh, who cares? I, mean, I hated that scene. Yeah, but I mean, come on, you get a bunch of friends together and you get the ghost thing and you do the Ghostbusters yeah. thing. I mean, that's you know. It was a little cringy, but it is. But you know, he's like, it wasn't the worst moment we've had. We've had those every yeah. single episode. Fifty-five <laughs> Christmas special. Our New Year's specials. So we have Torchwood in this. Mm. Uh, this um, Torchwood has been set up. I liked um, Yvonne mm. uh, as um, um, that was all pretty much. I like that whole setup there, and they have a lot going on. They're dealing with the ghosts. They're dealing with that sphere. Um, so I thought the setup of this was was pretty good. This was a very important episode for Doctor Who fans because I remember, like, this was Daleks and the Cybermen meeting up. And yeah, that's never like your poster. There. Yeah, and that's that's never, what I was hoping we'd get. Yeah, and that had never happened in the series, so this was huge. And I remember watching this thing, sweating, and because the build-up, this whole episode was a build-up to it. So I was invested in this show at this point, and I was really invested in this episode. And and I'll. It, I'll explain a little bit later why Russell T. Davis was an, a genius when it came to this because here I am focused on the Cybermen and Daleks and that wasn't important in this episode. It, it was kind of important but it wasn't as important as some of the other stuff that was happening. And he, he, he maneuvered our emotions to something else with Jackie, the family, the... the, the um, Jackie, Mickey, the Tyler family, though, and, and Mickey, and all them. That that all w became more interesting because when they were meeting up for the first time, and it's like, oh, you're not my, you know, whatever wife, and and you know, Rose is like this, just watching the whole thing. That was funny. Jackie goes, "How, How rich? rich? Yeah, that doesn't yeah. matter to me. <laughs> very rich. How very? How very? Yeah. That doesn't matter to me. <laughs> um, yeah, and those are humorous moments, but it was also very." Tenseful because of what was going on, and there's a battle going on next door with Daleks and Cybermen, and it was like I didn't sit there and go go back to the Cybermen and Daleks because that's what's important. I was watching this going, wow, and, and then I realized that Russell T. Davis had changed Doctor Who to be more about the characters and emotions, and even though he was good at pu pulling the emotion strings of pe people. And the, the story wasn't as important anymore. And I criticized Russell T. Davis for doing that over the years because, what about the story, Russell? And this one, it was like, oh, yellow button, boom, there. But that sucked. or It wasn't as good, but then he does good with the characters. And everything that we saw with the character interaction made sense. It was all, you know, emotional and all. I think that's why I like the new Doctor Who. I mean, sure, there's, there's lousy episodes and things that suck, but I watch the new stuff, and the characters are there. Yeah. Like, you believe them, for the most part. Mm -hmm. Old Doctor Who, you don't give... I don't care. Yeah. I, I don't care about any of them, you know? And I, I just find that character development matters more to me than things blowing up and people running around 
you know. Yeah, and most TV was like that, though. I know, I know. I, it wasn't until the 90s when they started to work with that a little Buffy bit. Buffy started. Buffy was the one that Oh, really no, I think it started with, like, Hill Street Blues and that kind of stuff, you know, when... For for just general character development 80s. of shows, that was 80s, yeah. Right? Well, you know, eighties and eighties and nineties, you know. yeah. But yeah. the seventies, you you, you know, six million dollar man or Star Trek or whatever, you you have a, a limited amount of character development. Maybe soap operas were different, but um, you have a limited amount of character development, and you have a story. And classic Doctor Who was like that, mm -hmm. and you know, but but. Think of the emotions and the characters in this these two parter. When when have we seen that lately in Doctor Who? We haven't. We haven't. It's been totally void. Yep. <laughs> yep. No, the Daleks did have like one of the greatest lines ever when they were bickering back and forth with the Cybermen. Says you, the Cybermen have or do one thing better than the Daleks, and they're like, "What's that?" Dying. Yep. Yeah. And I was just like, "Mic drop moment for the Daleks," and just <laughs> burned the Cybermen. I was just like... There was a lot of burns going back and forth between the Cybermen and the Daleks. It was kind of funny. It was a great interaction, because it was the first time they got together, and it was like they were talking to each other, debating, and one of them goes, a Cyberman goes, let's join up. And the Daleks are like, why? You're not a Dalek. You're I'm never going to... You know. And it was an interesting conversation back and forth. I, I, I feel that part was really, really good as well. I did like when the Yvonne Cyberman was at the top of the stairs with her gun. Oh, yeah. And she was, I did my duty oil, for a queen and country. The dry, yeah, the oil, the oil comes down, yeah. The Cybermen have a built-in, they've had it since uh, uh, Moonbase, I think, where they have a little tear thing. Drop, yeah. And so she had, that was really good. Yeah. That was a good scene. I mean, she was such a, a company woman, you yes. know. Yeah. And... It Those was, were, you know, her words when she was being sent to be yeah. her, and I did my duty did for, for Queen, Queen and, Country. Yeah. And I, you know, it was interesting to see that she was still able to retain some of that. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that was a good character. I, I wonder think. whatever happened to her. I mean, their assignment, she just, like, go off somewhere and... Well, they, they, got, she could, they got sucked back into the... Uh, yeah, but she was not in the void. They didn't show what happened to her. Unless the material that they brought over went through the void, then she would have been sucked into the void. Well, I don't know. That's yeah, right. what, yeah, they did not explain that. What happened to the Cybermen? That, um, Big that, that what created on Earth? Big Finish can do it. They've been tying up a lot of loose ends. That's true. I don't know. You know, where do they get the materials from? Where do they get the the the, the tools to probably make the Cybermen? Probably for intents and purposes, the other Cybermen probably killed her, and then sent her, or she got sent into the void. Well, they didn't show the Cybermen going into the void. I mean, that that it was all Daleks, wasn't it? No, it was, it was Cybermen. But the well, they were in the street down there. Down oh the yeah, street, yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they, got, they, they all they went up, but where they didn't go into the thing because well, there were more Daleks than Cybermen, so maybe we just missed it. But every time we had the Daleks being vacuumed up, we didn't see any Cybermen floating in there unless they went back to where they came from because the Daleks came out of the sphere, and the Cybermen came the out. Cybermen of, followed them through. Follow that sphere through. But they didn't come out of the sphere. No. They came. They were breaking through on the 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 holes that were created, you know, by the um, whatever. But so maybe the Cybermen just absorbed out of existence. But they didn't go back into that where they had the levers and they were vacuuming up the Daleks. Which is like, they probably did. We just missed it. Well, it wasn't in the show. 
I, I, I looked for it, and it wasn't there. We didn't see Cybermen go, Wah! Yeah, that's true. We didn't see them go, getting sucked through. Maybe they just left. Well, I think they got sucked in, but they got sucked in the way that they came in. They just appeared. They they were in the, yeah, the that's cracks. Right. They, they didn't go through the wall. That's true. Yeah. Okay. Because so, they built the booting around where that around the sphere, more or less. And the Daleks were all over the world. This is just a nitpick. They went all over the world. If the, they started getting vacuuming, vacuumed up, the Daleks would be crashing into buildings and killing people by, as their act of like being sucked. I, I, I just think that... Maybe they did. It was off camera. Yeah, okay. The, Dal <laughs> the Daleks weren't all over the world. The Cybermen were all over the world. Well, maybe The that. Daleks released... That was the Genesis... Which was the Time Lord prison. ...arc. Yeah. That they... That's then true. they the spun all those Daleks out, so they were all just over London. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Um... The doc I like the doctor running around with his 3D glasses. He doesn't explain it at first, and he finally says, you know, what is up to the 3D? I'm kind of watching it going, that's just Russell D. Davis being Russell D. Davis. The doctor's putting on three glasses, and it, it's not supposed to make sense, but later I on... I think this this double-parter generated the most Doctor Who memes I've ever seen. Yes, they're all, like all, they're he's, all over the place. They were, it was him sitting with his feet up on the desk and doing that no face, and and... He says, well, a lot, and he does the what yeah. thing at the end, what, the what? 3D glasses. Mm -hmm. I was like, that's a meme, that's a meme, that's a meme. Yeah. <laughs> well, when, especially when uh, Donna Noble shows up, what is this place? Yeah. He's like, what? <laughs> the, um, the, the other moment that I thought was a little cringy was when the doctor shows up with Torchwood and they all start clapping. Oh, yeah, uh, I, I didn't like that moment like, either. Uh, Okay, yeah, but yeah. when your boss is going like this, you're all like, oh, okay, let's, you know, follow suit. Your boss is doing it. We all have to do it. We all been there, right? And we look at the boss and we go, oh, God, here they go. <laughs> Just give me my paycheck and let me go home. <laughs> um, I love the description. Uh, one thing that Russell T. Davis when he when he did do this right, he, he did it pretty good. Was the doctors explaining the, the what's going on? He, he cracks that window and kind of describes to the audience and Torchwood people what was going on with the Cybermen. And I thought that was a really good visual how he cracks the window and then kind of just he shows. Knows there was more explanation in this than what we've been getting lately. Like he like they take the time. This is what happened when the sphere comes through. And he's mm -hmm. like and he go he stops the silliness and just goes super serious and like boom. It all goes like this and No, oh, well see I think I disagree with you. I think Jody Whitaker and this series, the latest ones, they explain it too much. They have too much talking about it. They have too much and and they have to show it. The doctor showed the explanation. He cracks the window and says, "Look, here are the cracks. That's where the Cybermen are coming out of." Boom. That's it. Meanwhile, Chris Chibnall's going, "Well, I see you don't understand." Blah 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 blah. And there's two people talking about it for half an hour. It's like, no, you just do what Russell T. Davis does. He does it visually, uh, you know. I, I think, and he does a better job with it because the explanation in, with the Chris Chibnall just bores well, he's the a better writer, obviously. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> um, because everything was explained, you know, step by step by step by step. And there's a resolution that you're not going, huh? 
the uh, the Daleks. You know, we talk about the Daleks and Cybermen meeting up. Um, when the Cybermen are, are are breaking out of the plastic, it's um, that was cool from the like tomb like of the Cybermen. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I didn't realize this at first. I, I read this after the fact. I guess they filmed these episodes at the same time that they filmed Rise of the Cybermen: Age of Steel because that means they got some of the cast to. They oh, didn't yeah. have to bring you know um, what's his name Pete Tyler back. Um, so that kind of was good. And they filmed it when it was very cold because some of the times when David Tennant was walking around when the torture was probably that rugby stadium that they always used. You can see his his breath when he's talking because that's also cold. I was like, wow, that must have been pretty cold. I never noticed that before until this time. I was like, wow, it must have been pretty cold when they were filming it. We mentioned Rose saying that she. this is the story of how I die, which is kind of a, a teaser lie. And then in the Doomsday, she does it again by saying, this is the last story I will tell. Lie. You know, you're lying. Um, unless you're just that depressed about what's happening. <laughs> she is, because she's all the rules. And she, you know. she's, she died inside. Part um, of her died inside. Yeah, That's well. what she means. Um, her high school but, crush is gone. She's stuck on the planet. So I another Earth and never to see him again until season three. <laughs> um, like you mentioned before, I thought the interaction with Jackie and the Doctor, um, Jackie and um, Jackie was great in this, and then Jackie and Pete, Jackie and Rose, all of it was kind of overshadowed the Cybermen, the Daleks, really, because the Cybermen Daleks were were fighting back and forth. It was action it was there but it was like okay and then it was more interesting watching them in the hallway just talking and they end up hugging each other and that i was like wow that's I more was glad that jackie actually got a ride in the tardis yeah and seeing her interacting with david Tennant, where, where rose was they kept her in the tardis and she did her oh, yeah. mm -hmm. i was wondering wouldn't it be interesting if there was just a jackie and doctor adventure <laughs> Where it was just the two of them because they seem to have pretty good, yeah. you know. Yeah, it was funny. I, I was mean, like, wow, they have amusing. really good chemistry there. I was like, wow, there's a maybe big finish with her. They're doing a lot of David. David Tennant does a lot of big finish stuff. I just uh -huh. so. Well, yeah, she would be scolding them a little bit and kind of, you know, not, you know. If we end up on Mars, I'm going to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was like a good scene. Rose is like, my mom's on board. <laughs> He's like, ah. Oh. <laughs> so we get um, a look at the alternate Earth, and I guess they're not doing so well on the alternate Earth. But they say, or later on, they're like the sun is because of they keep going back and forth yeah. from Earth to Earth, and it's affecting. And that's why he had to shut it down. Yeah, and, but they end up um, because it was the ghost ship. The segment were keep going in it was affecting the planet. Um. I do like the the moment. It's a it's like I don't know if this is what bothered you. Um, we talked about already that Rose kind of stood up to the Dalek. She she said at one point, "I met the Emperor Dalek and turned him into it's dust." The way she the the, pre, the way how the presentation how it came across, I understand why she did it, and it's it just just something about the way she did how she did it. Just kind of like she's like, "Ha ha! I know something you don't," but. I, I know why she did it because it kept her and Mickey alive. Yeah, but just I think maybe it was just the way it 
came across. It just didn't. Um, we meet the cult of Scaro, the, the four Daleks, and one of them survives, and we will run into him later no, on. No, more than one survives. We see them in next season in okay. uh, Daleks Take Manhattan or whatever. Well, I thought one did an emergency teleport, but the other ones we didn't see. Well, Daleks Sec is the one that's like goes crazy and is back at Scarrow and he's with Davros going, Inside one of you will die, which is another lie. Yeah. They should call him Russell Liar Davis because he lies all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Russell the Fibber. I'll get... No, actually, it's a hook, because then it makes you want to come in and watch what's going to happen. Oh, he said someone's going to die, but it doesn't happen. And yeah. you're just like, ah, oh, Russell. Well, that's how, that was the teaser for the this two-part episode, is they started off, and Rose would say, this is the story of how I died. And that's how they teased the episode. They did that for the trailer, so that people would watch it. Maybe if they did it in the last couple of seasons, people would tune in. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it, it's it's, you know classic showmanship hey yeah. come see you know this is going to happen if, oh i gotta tune in someone might you know might this might happen well russell t davis was really good at that i i found during his episodes he would promote his episodes more often he was very good at promoting but the episodes that were the best in the season weren't written by him and those weren't as promoted as much again from my perspective he was Here always morning. He was always doing interviews about, oh, this episode coming up is blah blah blah. We yeah. did this and this, and this actor is in this, and he did a very, or he or she did a very good job. He's always was interacting with Doctor Who magazine and getting, you know, giving them interviews and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And now it's just like you look at Doctor Who magazine, you're like, eh, it's all classic stuff now because there's nothing. Chris really, Chibnall's not a good. No, he's not person without. It's like, what is he good? What is he good at? I don't know. Dying. Well, no, murder mysteries, obviously. Yeah, <laughs> it's definitely not Doctor Who. Murder mysteries? Yeah, the Broad the church. church. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's what he should have done with Doctor Who. Was kind of like do some murder mystery type things or try to, and he just thought he was trying to be like the fake Moffat and trying to be I'm smarter than you. Um, <laughs> I had bashed Murray Gold's music over the years, but he still created some amazing music, and the music in this two-parter was really good very identifiable it was used throughout the series but um you think he'll be back very cold i don't know as it's long as i turn the volume down on him a little bit but <laughs> i love we talked we talked about pete and jackie again i love how jackie goes you look old and he goes you don't you know just uh really good stuff yeah i, um, I like the relationship between those two it was. It yeah, was it worked good. really well. I mean, it, it, they didn't have a lot of time together. You know, they had the wedding one, yeah, and they had the one where on the on the alternate Earth where they were basically estranged. Mm -hmm. And in both instances, and then this one, the Jackie and alternate Earth treated Pete bad. Yeah, and before Pete died, Jackie kind of treated him poorly too. Yeah, so. It's kind of like you feel sorry for the guy, mm -hmm. and now the other Pete seems to have found happiness. Yeah. And maybe Jackie learned her lesson from the last time I treated him bad. Now I got him a second chance. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's how I took it anyway. Yeah, yeah. yep. And the, I mean, that final scene. I remember the first time watching that final scene from when Rose gets sucked back through and the void. Oh my God! I don't think I stopped crying.
perfect timing and what a great catch by Pete there like <laughs> well yeah that was a little weak but that's okay I mean it's science fiction it's, um, it's like you know you bend the rules a little it was bit. a great action cliffhanger um, the fact that the, the the lever malfunctions and she goes to try to, to um, hit it the doctor really kind of becomes useless at that point <laughs> just as an observer but um, he, yeah, because he was helpless. There was nothing he really could do. No. He no, couldn't no. go over there and help her because he would have got sucked into the void. He didn't have a rope or anything to throw to her. He, he, it was like he felt sorry for the doctor because he was completely helpless. And then she loses her grip and she lets go and you can see the pain in his face. Mm -hmm. And then the kind of sort of relief that Pete saved her. And he's like, oh well, that's better than being left in the void. And Murray Gold's music hits hard in this scene. This is one of my favorite scenes in the show, that, um, where they um, the wall they're 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 divided by this wall. Oh God, <laughs> Jesus! And the, the I was like biting the insides of my cheeks Billy's when I was pancake, watching this tonight. Pancake Don, so I wouldn't cry. Makeup is all dripping down her face. Yeah, and that's like, why I thought she was really good in this. I mean, not that she plays crying better than, but um, yeah, I mean. You know, I bought into this episode 100%, and yeah. it's it's a really, I mean, again, there was some, I had an issue back when I watched this originally, I had an issue with the yellow button, because uh, the doc, the Russell T. Davis would do that, he would say, how am I going to get this, I'll just create a yellow button, and he mentioned, he said something like that at one point in an interview, before this episode, and then a yellow button showed up, or whatever, or red button, or whatever, but... Um, big red button. You know what I do when I say a big red button? I'm not supposed to touch. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and it's it's basically a, a a way to get the story, move the story along without too much description or whatever. But it didn't bother me watching it. It was like, well, you know, I guess it makes sense or whatever. But mm. um, and I thought that was a good ending. But then they had to prolong it on in the beach. On the beach. Yeah, I think the beach went a little too. Long. Well, a little bit. I was, but it was. It did. It did what it was supposed to. Do I remember this? Do you remember this video? I, I forgot to look it up. There's a scene where she's walking on the beach, and she go. You hear the narration. This is the story of how I die, and then a piano falls on her. Oh yes! <laughs> oh, I remember that. Oh. Somebody put together a fan video where she's just walking on the beach, and she goes. And this is the story of how I died. And there's like a, a beat, and then all of a sudden, boom! <laughs> <laughs> I forgot to look it up, but... <coughs> it's uh, kind of like, at the end of Earthshock, they they made a little, like, Earthshock Part 5, where Adric's, like, survived, but then, like, a dinosaur stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh... It's kind of like a I thought of that when I was watching the episode because it was like oh a very emotional scene and I'm like wait a minute I remember that being funny. <laughs> um, I didn't see that. <laughs> oh, it does yeah. sound funny. Go home, look it up. It's actually pretty funny. It sounds funny. It's like oh, <laughs> <laughs> Bad Wolf Bay. Um, they meet. Um, 
I, again, I thought there was a little bit of a... When, when, when Rose says, I'm working back at the shop, and then she says, no, I'm not, she's not on camera. So I think they almost filmed that she was going to do the shop, and then he changed the ending and added that later or something, because it felt like it was, why would she kind of joke about that, you know? Because that's where he met her. Yeah, I know, but he just like, oh, I'm back at the shop. And then the doctor's looking, and then... Well, she was being sarcastic. Yeah, but it, I thought it was out it of place. It's no, no, I'm not. Yeah, you never and then it's that. like, you know, we're, <laughs> we're expecting a new family member, and the doctor's like, oh, it's you? It's like, no, no, it's Jackie and Pete and stuff. I would not it, be, you know... I'm not, I'm not going to let Mickey go near me ever again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Mickey. Poor I, Mickey. But anyways... Um, um, but she's working for Torchwood in the uh, alternate reality or whatever. There was supposed to be a spinoff, which never happened, thank thankfully. It was supposed to be Rose Tyler, Defender of the Earth or something like that. <laughs> and it was supposed to be of uh, the people that at the end of... Well, no, you know... I didn't like the whole setup, but... No, I mean, you know, Russell comes up with ideas and some yeah. of them are... De you know, he picked... Well, he came up with Torchwood. Torchwood. Season 2 of Torchwood wasn't bad. And... Children of the Earth wasn't bad. Oh my god, and, I fucking hated Children. Anyway, oh, anyway, I that was good. Howdy yeah. um, at the end. <laughs> so, the Rose says, "I love you," and this is when I started to like. Oh, I wish I had ended on the wall there earlier, but and the doctor's like, "Well, I, I almost like he said, well, I, I suppose I probably will." <laughs> You know, uh, and he's crying, and it's like, did he love her? And um, obviously, he did. Well, yeah, but I just, you know, that's why, you know, when the Capaldi, one of his sayings when he was in the Taurus, talking, no, one of my main rules, no hanky panky in the Taurus. It's like, yeah, well, that's I, where it should stay. I think she was more in love with the with the whole concept of the Doctor and traveling. I think she was, yeah, doctor. going to different things and yeah. adventures. She was. Yep. Because um, he did tell her, like, when the one Sarah Jane's school reunion, I, you will go old and gray and die, and I will continue on Yeah, living. well, he, he, there's other companions that he's been really fond of. He was very fond of Joe. He was very fond of Sarah. Um, Victoria. Victoria. Some of them he didn't care about. He just kind of said, okay, get out of here, bye. Don't know, <laughs> see you later. <laughs> but, uh... Canine, here, take him, <laughs> get him out of here. <laughs> Joe and Sarah, the two that stand out the most. Yeah, in the classic. Um, Perry, the sixth Doctor, was at least anyway. So I think, like, I think we all kind of were saying that this is one of the better season finales. I think some of the finales haven't been that good. Um, uh, the the only marring thing, and I know it ends up. The episode wasn't that great, but the, the, the at the end, there has to be a, a, a cliffhanger to the next episode. And I understand that, but at the time, I thought it, it, it jarred the episode. I was like, this was a really good episode. Oh, ah, yeah, you know, was she shows Christmas. up. With a, yeah, yeah, yeah I know, I know. They, but that's Russell. But the Titanic was the same thing. I thought that, that one was That dumb. one was bad. It was. was stupid. There was what? supposed to be one. Believe it or not, it's in the, uh, if you got the box sets, it was in the extras. And thank God that it was the... Uh, the Christmas special with the Cybermen, uh, the next Doctor. Yeah. Lieutenant was in the in the TARDIS, and all of a sudden the Cybermen appeared behind him. I'm just like, thank God that was cut because that was so stupid and made 
totally no sense. How did the submarine get in there? Blah, 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 blah. It was like, it was dumb. Well, the Titanic thing was, was probably worse. Titanic. And that's the one that bothered me most because everyone was afterwards worse. was saying that that was the best scene in the whole season. It was worse. Like, but then they did the Children in Need or the tent. Tenth Doctor meets the Fifth Doctor, and he says, "Don't forget to put your shields up." And then they, the Titanic hits again. Yeah, yeah, but that was that kind of. Is that the one with who was that Tenth and Fifth? Yeah, Peter Davison reprises his, it comes back. Yeah, yeah. his father-in-law. Yeah, <laughs> the grandfather of his kids. <laughs> um. Yeah, I thought this episode was spectacular. And again, I made some criticisms, but they were very minor, which is much better than criticizing the whole thing and saying, hey, there's a couple of good moments here. Um, which we've been doing a lot Yeah, you know, it, it did, watching these two and then the next the next one that we're going to review, I was like, shh, maybe I should just watch these all again. Because <laughs> these were really good. Any, anyways, uh... So this episode, definitely a highlight. Uh, I, I, I know a lot of people malign the second season for some reason, but I, I think this is one of the better seasons. Um, I it think is. I like the it. third and fourth are really good, too, but um, even though... Um, well, well, you know, the yours, it the like season. Season. yours doesn't have that group of fans who, who complain about, you know, whatever. You yeah. just have to just, like, if you enjoy it, you enjoy it. Who cares what the others think? Yeah, so anything else about this one? Yeah. Okay, thanks for listening.